1: Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have this Dawn Digrius smith founder of DMDS Partners, Inc., a full-service research and evaluation corporation serving the education and nonprofit sectors. And services include grant writing, program evaluation, project management, and applied research. Fantastic. Dawn, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, can you just expand a little bit more on where are you today with your business? And who is it that you love to work with?
2: Sure. So we are actually had just hit a milestone. So we've just made $500,000 in revenue, which is a big thing for a consultant. And we've just hired a team. So we started with myself. And now I have four others that are working with me who help facilitate various aspects of the type of work that we do. And who I love to work with is predominantly nonprofits. Uh, For example, I work with one in Tennessee that facilitates and helps support women who are survivors of human sex trafficking. So it's a very, very critical work and very important work. Mm. Uh, But beyond beyond that, I stay in the educational sector because that's where I come from. And so I work with universities in the area, community colleges, as well as school districts.
1: Fantastic. Crumbs, there is a lot in that. First of all, congratulations. I love hearing about these milestones, whether it's revenue or years or achievements. It's kind of beautiful. Um, and it's easily overlooked. These things, when we mm. kind of look back and, oh, yeah, that milestone, that that went and it's been and gone. Yeah, it used to be such a big thing. Did you guys get to celebrate or was it kind of, what was that like?
2: It was kind of quiet, actually. I mean, I let the, I let the team know, and they were very excited. And uh, But we're always looking towards the future so that we've hit the milestone. It's like, okay, we recognize that, but now we have to continue going. And so we're looking towards what will be happening next. Yeah. And we've just helped facilitate a very large $2 million federal grant. So we're fingers crossed on that. And that will really change the nature of the work that we do. It will put us to a large extent in the big leagues, I guess you mm. could say.
1: Nice. Love that. So with the clients you love to work with, what would you find like time and time again is something that they need to to work through or overcome or maybe just awareness they need to have, which means that you can work with them so much more effectively? What What would that be? If you could like, resolve a level one challenge and everyone sure. starts a level two, what would that be?
2: I think it's assessment. So there's so many organizations or school districts or really anyone, they, they move along in, the, in their work, but they don't ever take that step to kind of assess where they are and look back. And mm-hmm. again, look at the challenges that they've had or the successes they've had or measure them. And part of the work that we help facilitate is just that. So we help organizations see where they are in this moment and we do everything from task audits, so making sure that there's no redundancies with staffing or identifying gaps in their personnel where they're really overloading their staff, so they need to hire more people or even just one person. And in addition to that, it's resource development. So what we try to do is help them understand what resources they currently have and what resources they may need to get to where they want to go.
1: Mm. i I love that we're talking about data now and the assessments and knowing where you are we spoke about your milestone and it's like yeah but now we're on to the next now it's bigger we've got bigger fish to fry this has happened it's almost happened so so quickly so for you to be able to help your clients to just pause let's let's actually see exactly what's going on and when we talk to um accountants who come Mm -hmm. on the show and talk about you know people don't quite know their figures they kind of know them but don't really. So this awareness, this knowledge, it's such a critical part. And then with that, what what happens? What What is the big realization that you find time and time again?
2: Sometimes they don't realize how well they're doing, which is interesting because you would think that they would know that. But also I think at times they don't understand where they're going in a direction that could be problematic. And the the data are starting to show that there are some serious challenges that the organization is facing that they need to address in a somewhat immediate time frame. Otherwise, it might really hurt them in the long run. So we we help them understand that data is their friend, that data are important, and that it helps inform the way that they make decisions.
1: Yeah. Can you give me an example without getting too specific with the client? What what are those, those examples What you can see? here's a problem you're going towards. Can you just make that tangible for us?
2: Sure. So they could be utilizing a lot of monetary resources for staffing. But what they don't realize is that the staffing that they currently have had, and this is a problem in many instances with nonprofits more than corporations, is that they grow so quickly and very organically that they just add to things or they pile on to what staff the original founding staff are doing, and what happens are two things is, one, there's they're, they're redundancy in the resources. So they're wasting money, which is never good. Or two, they have a lot of people doing the same thing, which isn't efficient from a time management perspective. And so we help them try to gauge, like, how do they then pull out or provide the resourcing needed to go in that direction, which will help make them stronger as an organization.
1: Yeah. So, so what was it about this level of sort of care and, and data? Because, oh, gosh, I love a spreadsheet. I love me some data.
2: <laughs> Yay, so do I.
1: <laughs> data, it doesn't lie. Uh, crumbs, you, you'd love this. I created a, a spreadsheet for our for our private clients um, a couple of weeks ago. It was a belief buster spreadsheet. So mm. I love my numbers. But when you can add in what your challenge is, what your goals are, it then pre-fills. We call it the domino effect. Ah. You can pre-fill it, and it will help you guide your way down there. And then once you can solve one of those, the knock-on effect is 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 huge. But f- to be able to create this in a spreadsheet, I was I was geeking out. I was like, I love this. Perfect. My, oh gosh, my you're going to have to share
2: that with me because I live and die everything I do from my vacations to my scheduling. Everything is in a spreadsheet, so I love it. Well,
1: th- th- it, I mean, it's it's pretty cool because I mean the the, the is in our worlds with you from everything you said so far. I know we just brushed the surface, but it's very much awareness, data tracking, understanding. There's there's a lot in that. In the world of helping the business owner from a personal perspective. You know, the mindset, the body sets, all these different aspects that we right. have—it's more invisible. So to be able to put it into a, a visual, like the Unforget Yourself system, it's a framework that you can follow. It's like a game of snakes and ladders, or as you Americans call it, shoots and ladders.
2: Shoots and ladders. <laughs>
1: exactly. It, it's it's. Yeah. But you can see it rather than just be these fluffy principles that are spoken, and this spreadsheet. Okay, now it guides you through to the answer.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: it makes it real. So your world is very. Tell me from overgeneralizing this. Your world is very real. It's very. You once you see it, you can plan for it. But with, but with yourself as a business owner, all the mm-hmm. all the beliefs and the worries and the fears and the doubts and all these things that can hold us back at, at every level, they're kind of invisible and they're sneaky. So, what's it like for you as as a as a business owner to juggle those those two worlds?
2: You know, it's funny that you asked that because now that we're talking, I sort of realize I say that to my clients, but then I don't practice it myself insofar that all of those sneaky things that kind of come in that are invisible invade your space in ways that when you're looking at a spreadsheet or working through data, tangibly you understand. But for some reason, they sit on the side and they influence you in ways that you don't realize that are really critically important and you have to kind of make them mm. tangible.
1: Yeah. So what are those what are those sneaky things for your clients that you see crop up a lot that you can see and they're like oh I had no idea that was even there.
2: Ah it's a lot of fear. I think fear creeps in quite a bit either the fact that they're growing and they need to look for other resources, and they just don't know how. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of programs, it's a matter of there's usually some demand or criterion that they have to follow with respect to evaluating the programs, and they haven't built that into their system. And so then they're concerned that as they go through that evaluative process, that they're going to find out that some of the things they thought were working were not working. And then it has obviously ramifications with respect to resources or uh, identity or even just moving forward with various programs
1: so fear of the unknown and maybe fear of looking or just the unawareness being unaware to this these things need to be tracked the success ratios how it makes a difference what it actually does rather than just assume ah assumptions oh my gosh that's the killer of everything
2: it is it is absolutely i do not like assumptions at all
1: there's a principle within and forget yourself communication expectations and assumptions those three things when you hold them together it gets rid of so many of the problems that's right again it's so easy to to overlook having these hard conversations it can be tough there's emotions in the way it's it's not just data it's emotions so That's let's right. sort of shift this from so there's this, the sneaky things that you're you see your clients feeling doing how it controls them what's it like for you as a business owner because just because oh. you you logically you know all this and you guide your clients through it at the level you're at you're you're going through a whole new area of this right now right
2: that's right. And there's that insecurity factor of what is going to happen next. And I think it leads to insecurity about your abilities, or even moving forward. I mean, I, I advise my clients all the time, especially organizations that are going through a period of growth or transition, that change is, is good in some respects. And understanding where you're going is really key. Mm. But But then I don't practice what I preach. So Part of what's happening with my business right now is we're growing, we're making a transition, we're getting larger. And I let that fear and that insecurity come in and invade the way I think about myself. And I start to question my own abilities or my own opportunities and focus on the things that aren't really important because... In some respects, I think they're easier than facing some of the challenges that need to be faced moving forward as a business owner.
1: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It can be so easy to like, I can't look at that. I don't want to do that. Again, it's what your clients have been doing, ignoring, not having the awareness, not having the assessments, not having the, they're not having the amazing spreadsheets to really just document everything.
2: Right. So <laughs> with, with,
1: with this concept, I, I love going down the sort of two routes. There's So these these insecurities, the worries that, that you do have, because everyone has them. How, with the challenges that you're going through and sometimes struggling with, how does that actually help the way you you maybe see this in your clients?
2: Mm, I think because then when I take that step back and I realize that this is a patterned behavior that happens in many instances, I start to recognize that I have to address it in the moment before it gets too far down the rabbit hole. Mm. and. So and, and then I really understand that I do have the capabilities. So the way that my business started, I was very fortunate that it was handed to me. So I was running an evaluation center at a university. My friend was the dean at the time where the center was housed. And she realized that it wasn't beneficial anymore for the college to keep the center in the college. One, uh, grant funders were looking for a fully external body that would assess Uh, grant proposals and things of that nature and evaluations. And Mm. so she just said to me one day, would you like this as your business? And, you know, I wasn't expecting it, but it was great because I was I knew what I was doing, obviously, and running the center that then there was the expectation of, oh, now what? And I think that kind of creeps in at those moments when there's that change to where you're going to another level of do I have the skill set? You know, mm. do I have the capabilities and the, you know, others see that in you, but sometimes you don't see it in yourself. And I think we sometimes sabotage ourselves in that respect because we don't have enough confidence in ourselves at times to take those opportunities and really move with them. So I did, I did start the business and we were fortunate. We had clients that came along with us, so we didn't have to start from from scratch And then the nice thing about this world is word of mouth really does lend a hand. And so because of the work that we've done and how the quality of the work that we've done as a center, we were able to then gather more clients. And so we've Mm -hmm. gained momentum over time, but now we've taken on a client that we've had for a few years, that's now given us a very large project. And the reason for having to sort of gain, you know, team and staff, and then, Think about myself at the next level. And then that's where the questioning started to come in because there are other businesses like mine that are at high level. And, you know, do I have the street cred? You know, do I have the skills Is my toolkit got what I need in Mm -hmm. order to do this? And then I say, well, yes, because I was doing it before.
1: (laughs) Do you find that maybe you are the the, the accidental entrepreneur? Like You didn't really mean to, but you were given this business and, oh, I I guess I'm doing this then. And you come with that level of identity, those level of traits and skills and behaviors. And then we were joking offline before we press record. It's like, there's no school for the It's You don't have these skills and the mindset and how to control your body and your your nervous system and how to have hard conversations and how to approach decision making. That's not what we've done since we're nine years old at school so it's almost you you have to learn as you go along yes there's books there's podcasts there's mentors there's courses there's a whole range of things available to you at different levels but really that's everything is either you have to learn it on the job in the situation mm-hmm. or you have to seek the information which is sometimes so so hard to do so as you've kind of grown through this, is is this maybe part of the way you're right now? Because you've learned, you've grown yourself, and obviously seen fantastic success. And then it's like, oh, now it's the next level, and I've got to do this again, or I've got to go and find something else, or do you feel the tug of your your your, your how would get your your past self saying, oh, but, yeah. but we do this and we think this. What's that like?
2: I I think it's the am I ready and it's my past self coming back and questioning, you know, can you do, can you do this? I think there's that level, you know, as we were talking offline, I'm a first generation college graduate. And so there was nobody in my immediate family that had that experience. And so sometimes I would think as I was going through my graduate program that someone was going to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you you don't belong here. You need to go now. And that comes back. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like it's in those moments, I think, where you're making those transitions and they're good transitions. But I think we still that that self of ours that existed before sometimes Mm. comes back and impedes us in our ability to really know ourselves enough to know that we do. have. Now, there are some folks that really don't. Uh, And that's when, you know, my work and the work that I do is to help guide them, right? So, So it's funny that I do that for the others, but then when it comes time for my own self, I let my sort of physical body and my emotional body sort of influence my corporate body in ways that I wouldn't for my clients, but I do for myself. And that's the hoping, and I think it's important, and that's why I wish we had these courses. You know, I've always been a strong proponent Um, Even in elementary and and high school, there should be entrepreneurial type courses that are in the school systems because there are so many young people that have that pre-nascent sort of wanting to do this and it's not fostered. And then at the time that they really start thinking about it, they could have learned a lot earlier that would help them in their development but they're not, and even business programs. One of my team actually is uh, finishing up his business degree. And I was shocked to find out that he's had no classes in program management, none. And I went, you would think as a business major and especially thinking about small business or you know corporate development, project management is everything, but no, and so I'm giving him those skills right now because I think they're important for him and his development as he moves on from my team. To be able to develop those skills.
1: There was something beautiful I saw. It must been on one social media platform, and it was it was a, it was just a joke or a pun or a meme. It was, um, yeah. Now you come to this into this job, forget everything you've known about that you learn in university.
2: Yeah. But if you come to the job much.
1: with no, but if you come to the job with no qualifications, oh, but you need qualifications to come in here. It's right. torn between a rock and a hard place. So all the stuff that they learn as they come to is like cool, that's great. Now we need to teach you what you really need.
2: Need to know. Oh my gosh!
1: Um, You just said the word body there, and I thought you were going in one direction, and you weren't. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." But I look at that in terms of there's a number of different bodies here: our physical body, our mind. If you body that, and if you put a body in the business, so there's three aspects, the three bodies. So Mm -hmm. they all control each other. That's right. So with with maybe your fears and your doubts, it sounds like the primary driver for you is the mental aspect, the beliefs, the stories, the promises. For someone else, it might be the nervous system. I That's don't know right. what's going on, but it's the, it's the response. I just feel the emotions. I'm on edge. It's a physical response. Maybe it's the neurochemistry, the brainwaves, the body. There's a number of things it could be. But all of these things are different from other people. So, yeah, back to your point about learning how to manage your body in these times of growth, stress, same with your thoughts, how to manage and reframe. Not just, oh I, yeah, of course I am. Who am I to do this? Well, I've done it before. You haven't tied in those two bodies together. You've just focused on one. Mm-hmm. Is that where you are? It's the, it's the, it's the mental side of it that, the, that is your controller, should we say?
2: I think so. I think that's been along the path in my journeys of life i think that's always been and i at least i recognize it you know there's one there's some folks that don't ever see that and so they're always struggling to figure out like which one is it or what is it and i don't know but i think in my case because there is that conscious knowing of this is where the ineffectiveness comes from is from the mental questioning that happens And I think it's, and maybe it's, you know, there's been a lot of studies that have talked about, you know, it's women versus men, right? And the fact that women's experiences are very different and because of cultural factors, women tend to sit to the side more as opposed to lean in, as Cheryl Sandler said, right? Or question things or have that imposter syndrome more. But I think it's more about the experiences. And I think coming to the conclusion that Where we get to in life, both in business or in personal, is always based on our experiences. And the nice thing about that is, in large part, we can shape those and reshape those. So I'm a lifelong learner. Uh, I was an educator for many, many years. So for me, it's like the research on X. And then how do I then integrate that research into what I'm doing so that I can overcome those mm. obstacles or those barriers. And that's what led me to your podcast is just for that reason, is the research about what you do and how you help folks yeah. was really important because I think it is critical to have those resources available.
1: Knowing the challenge, as you said, knowing it is crumbs. That's only maybe one third of the challenge. We think, oh, I know it now. Cool, I've got it from here. No, yeah. what What you do with it, how you work with that. Back to your point about the... um. Uh, yeah, the role of women right now, oh my God, you're wearing so many more hats the, than men right now traditionally because there is the business. There is a business owner. There's also the relationship. There's also the the, the family role. There's so much going on there. So we can't discount any of these societal challenges. The beliefs, the promises, they're all there. But to, I think, and it's back to your the awareness, the assessments, the data, to understand if you're using this as a crutch as an excuse in the most loving way possible, or mm-hmm. is it how you leverage this, how you work to overcome it, how you work to move around it if you need to? There are so many different things mm-hmm. to do with it. So knowledge is great. But in this world of so much data, so much information, everything's out there free. You can get every there is no excuse for not having knowledge with anything. It's right. how you apply it. It's how you learn it. I think that's where we have the synergy with the work that you do. Here's the data. Here's what's happening. Here is what you can see from this. You paint a beautiful picture. With us, it's much more behind the scenes, more invisible. Mm-hmm. But with these beliefs and these challenges and these the promises and the traits that we've had, how can we identify those and shift those? It's easy for me. I can see it because i'm not you i'm not in your shoes for you yourself what, feeling bad because i can't i do this for my clients but i can't do it for myself says everybody ever right marketing <laughs> agencies can't market their own agency you know they're experts for other people it's crazy <laughs> when you think about it but there is something within this so look dawn thank you so much for Crumbs playing along for sharing not only what you've done and your celebrations, but behind the scenes for you as as the business owner, as you continue to grow. It's amazing hearing these stories.
2: Thank you so much. I mean, I hope if if nothing else, you know, one, encourage more young people to to go on this path. I think the nice thing about being a business owner and an entrepreneur is one, you have control over your destiny. Uh, which is nice, and two, I think it allows you to move in directions that you couldn't if you were limited by working for mm. you know a corporation and of others uh, with respect to that. But also, it's the freedom to be able to work. You know, we're fortunate; we select our clients. You know, and I tell folks all the time, we we could have many more clients and be you know multi million dollar firm. But the way that we operate, because of where I've come from, is we. Take the clients based on what their work they're doing and do, are we in alignment with that? And then what we want to do is we want to support them and make sure that they're successful in the work that they do because they're truly making a difference. And that's what our goal is.
1: Beautiful. And the word control you said in there, to be able to control, to take back control of what you do have control over our thoughts control us. Our body controls us. And Our decision-making or actions come from that. So to understand, the only thing that we ever have control over in this world are our thoughts, ourselves mentally, our body, ourselves physically, and the actions that we do. Everything else, we can't control that. Never can, never will. So I think if we hold those two worlds as as kind of true, oh my gosh, what's possible?
2: I know. Anything is possible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dawn, look, thank you so much. And hey, if people want to find out more about, about you and the amazing work sure. that you do, where can they find you?
2: They can find us at www.dmdspartnersinc.com.
1: Awesome stuff. And there's a free assessment?
2: Yes, uh, we provide a 30-minute free consultation to any organization. They can book that right on our website. And then if they have any other questions, they can always email me and my email is right on the website.
1: Awesome stuff. Well, thank you so much. Everyone, please go check that out. But Dawn, again, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute joy.
2: Thank you so much too. I really appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. You're welcome. Thank you.
1: Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end.
0: Yay, you.
1: So what happens next?